Welcome back to another episode of Sports Weeksly. I'm Tyler. Joining me, as always, is my cousin Austin. Uh, we're here. No BYU game to talk about. There hasn't been a BYU game for a few weeks. But we do have a bowl game upcoming, and we'll be there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Get to go to Albuquerque. Uh, <laughs> this, this is my second trip. This is probably your first trip. First, I've never been to Albuquerque. No. <laughs> I've been I've been to Albuquerque one other time. You want to know when it was? 2000. Uh, was 2010. 10? Yeah. 2010 New Mexico Bowl. UTEP? I guess UTEP. Yeah. When we thought Jake Heaps, man, what a great ending to a freshman year. Oh, this yeah. guy is going to be the guy. And that didn't really work out. Lasted like, what, five or six more games into the next season? Something like that. Uh, was it even that far? It was I, I mean, State, I know they, I know they so. played Ole Miss in the first game, and they won. And then I know Utah State is when he got benched. I don't know how many games there were in between that. but I mean, it's typically conference re- weekend, so probably four to five, I would guess. I can find out. But, yeah, not much happening in college football this past week uh, overall, just because the only game that happened was Army and Navy. It was Army- the fifth game. The fifth game. That fifth game. Okay. He got benched. Um, but, yeah, Army beat Navy. Uh, I don't even remember what the final score was. I know it was in overtime because Navy went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it. Yep. Um, Army kicked a field so goal. So, Army just it. had to kick a field goal. It was like 27-24 or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, there's not a lot in college football. Although, uh, Ken stepping down. Yeah, Ken Umataolo stepping down and – Hey, that opens the door. Does Bronco slide into Navy? Uh, I mean, that, I saw that, and I was like, did they already hire him? Because the <laughs> I had to search it on Twitter. They, all, like, they have the type of discipline that Bronco's looking for. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that he can be successful there because he can pull every bit of talent out of any of those kids. He'd probably and... have to find a coordinator that can coach a triple option. But because <laughs> I don't think Bronco's necessarily used to having that as an offense. Now we'll get just get we'll get Bobby but, and I. <laughs> Bobby, you know your scheme. I want you to throw change it out it. the window. <laughs> You're gonna change it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I feel like that school would be perfect for the type of team that Bronco would want. Mm-hmm. Absolute like discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like this is how it's gonna be. It's gonna be militaristic because it's, it's military. military. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and they're probably the most coachable kids because they're going to listen to everything you say. Yeah, absolutely, and especially him being such a guy that's that's so focused on teaching kids outside of football too, and that's what these kids are all doing. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, they're all focused on stuff beyond football too, right? And so i I think it's a great fit for him. I mean, I understand it's not P five, but I mean, Ken had a nice long career there, and they, yeah, I'm sure they would have kept him, but he stepped down because he was like, I'm not having fun doing this anymore. Yeah. Well, when you lose to Army, I think three straight times. Yeah, it's probably not fun as a Navy fan. Yeah, or a Navy Although, coach. I, what is it? Air Force still has the Commanders Cup this year, right? Yeah, because they beat them both. Uh huh. Go Falcons. <laughs> Go Falcons. I wish BYU that was Mount playing West Heritage. I wish BYU was playing them this week. I would absolutely love an Air Force game again. I I missed that game. I I've never experienced that game in person. So well, I mean that's fair. Yeah. Okay. What we need to do. If you're living in Utah next year, let's choose a weekend. Let's head over to Colorado and go to an Air Force game. I'm not kidding. It it is such a cool experience. They're in beautiful Colorado Springs. 
Yeah, Colorado Springs. Yeah. I was like, Fort Collins is is Colorado State. Uh-huh. Not beautiful Fort Collins. <laughs> but they're in beautiful Colorado Springs. They have the best flyovers. They got, you oh, know, I'm sure. between four and seven jets every time because it's cadets flying them. And, I mean, it's it's amazing to see all those cadets after they go and score. All of them come streaming all out of the stadium, onto the field, do the push-ups, and then run back up in there. I mean, it is it is such a cool experience to watch a game there. That's pretty neat. And when we were when I was a kid, my dad, you know, he had the hookups with um, one of the guys he used to work for, or work with, work for. I don't know, but uh, he had the hookups there, and we were able to get on the field hours before the game and go into the locker room. I actually have a picture of me wearing Reno Mahe's helmet. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, that was actually back in the Gary Croton days because um, <laughs> you can you can tell in this photo. There's a photo of Colton. I'm gonna see if I can find it so you can see it. Okay. Um, but you can see in this photo the amount of hate that Colton has while wearing this hat because it's Gary Croton's hat. Yeah. Like for the game. Right. And it's not like Colton was old enough to understand how bad of a coach Gary Croton was. I mean, he may have, but I mean, he would have been what between ten and twelve. I mean, his last year Colton would have been twelve. What twelve? So. Yeah. So I mean, he may have understood that, but how much my dad talked about how much he hated Gary Croton really influenced it all. So let me. I want to see if I can find that. But um, well, didn't your dad wear a goofy shirt? Yeah, he would wear. <laughs> Yes, he would wear a goofy shirt on uh, on game day during the tailgate uh, to represent. Like he wore it up until Croton finally uh, was fired. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that's it's, nice. It's fun. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I want to see if I can find. Oh, I actually I fell right into it. Look how thrilled he looks in that. That is such a forced smile, right? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can find the... That was at Air Force. Um, that's me wearing the hat. Not understanding who Gary Croton was. <laughs> Just a cute kid wearing a hat. Um, and then Devin wore it. But there it is, right there. With me wearing Reno's helmet and holding up his pads and... and nice. And jersey. Nice. Pretty sweet, huh? Yeah. But yeah, like we... We always loved going to the to that game because we were gonna get such a unique experience because Air Force was so good, uh-huh. like so good about it. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So yeah, like I said, I I wish they were playing them, but oh well. Instead, we get to play SMU. We get to play SMU, and oh man, my prediction on that game, I'm a little worried. Oh yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that. But. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, there's one thing that. Actually, is is uh, somber about it, but it's in college football. Mike Leach passed away. Oh my gosh! Um, uh, out of their complication with his heart. Yeah. Um, um, from what I understand, I I heard something about pneumonia being thrown around too. Okay. And then um, some heart complications, and then a heart attack. Yeah. And I'm sure having a heart attack while you have pneumonia is not a great combination. Yeah. But. I mean, really sad. I mean, he was a BYU guy. Which a lot of people found out today. Yeah. 
A, no one, a lot of no people had no idea. Well, what's crazy is, I mean, the guy is a member of the church. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. You wouldn't really, know in his press conferences. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but but he is, yeah. But I mean, when I saw that he had died, I was like, that's that's really sad. I mean, yeah, I mean, to lose somebody, but to lose a guy who was who had changed the game and believed oh, in the yeah. past so much. He yeah. revolutionized so I much mean, of the way football is played today. Mike Leach had a hand in that. Oh yeah, because of his West West Coast style offense. I mean, the way he was running it at Texas Tech. Yeah, and then at Washington State. And I honestly think if you give if you get Mike Leach a couple years, like you know, had he had a couple more years at at Mississippi State, they were starting to figure it out at the end of this year. Yeah, and and. You you look at what he did at Washington State. It's like, yeah, no, he was never necessarily in the conversation for the Rose Bowl or or the playoff or anything like that. But they were good to ruin a season. They they'd have Utah come in and and ruin their undefeated streak or well, yeah, their the thing, undefeated think season. They'd with, you know what I mean? Like they they yeah. they were good at doing that. And yeah. being in the SEC West, I mean, they would have been good enough to like, yeah, they lose to Arkansas, but then they'll go out and beat LSU and Bama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I think it, it's it's sad for college football because you lose one of the most genuine people in the sport. Oh yeah, because Mike Leach was himself through and through. Absolutely, he didn't care what you thought about it, and he would answer any single question you asked him, whether it was about college football or not. But I I think that college football lost not only someone that had a hand on the the way that the, the it's played today. But just as a person and as a coach, just one of the most genuine people that you could get in the sport. Because, I mean, you look at a lot of college football coaches now, and there's a lot of uh, fake, I would say, between some coaches. And it's a lot of just a facade to sometimes. Some of the things that people say, you know it's not genuine. Mm-hmm. But he was 100% genuine, 100% himself the entire time. Well, there was that year... That game day was doing his musings, and they would just grab snippets from press conferences <laughs> just from the week. Yeah, <laughs> and they would have like a five-minute clip of like different things that he would just say. Yeah, and it's just like, like you said, he was so genuine. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, it him through and through, and no doubt about who he was and how he felt about stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty amazing. I saw a really funny story about him on TikTok today. And it Hold was on. Is this the Oklahoma Texas story? <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring this up That's because That's crazy. This is the it is one of the funniest stories. The fact, I mean, one of the most storied rivalries. Yeah. Back when this was called the Red River Shootout, not the rivalry, but mm-hmm. Anyway, um, you know, always put it at the Cotton Bowl, but how he recruits you know, because he was the OC for Oklahoma in '99, yeah. and they're playing against Texas, big powerhouse team. Oklahoma was definitely the underdog. And he sends a player, and it's just like, "Hey, I want you to go drop this play call sheet over by their sideline, and we're gonna see if we can screw with them here." <laughs> so this player has to go, you know, act like. Didn't realize that he dropped it and everything like that, so that when Texas isn't getting suspicious, because if you just go over there and drop it, right? But he's you know he's telling them like, 
don't make it look suspicious. Yeah, he, was, he said he was just, like jogging off the field or something. And yeah. just like fell out of had his a, waistband had or something. fall out. Exactly. And then the fact that it took them the first quarter to realize <laughs> this play sheet's wrong. Well, yeah, the play sheet. Because Oklahoma got people, up, what, was it 21-7? Uh, I know they were up no, seventeen to nothing. Seventeen nothing. That's what it was, right? And the fact that that because Texas is looking at this stupid play sheet, being like, "Well, this isn't right." Well, that's the thing. They would they would line up in the formations, but the plays were going the opposite way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was it was amazing. And then I mean, even Leach in the in the article when I read about it originally, you know, Leach said he was like, you know, it would have been. Like it's a great little story to tell. It would have been amazing if we would have won. Oh yeah! <laughs> like he's like, I knew we had no shot, and so yeah. I thought I'd try something different. And no, it's so funny that that happened because because like you're you're this Texas GA that picks it up, and you're and you're, you're thinking you're, you're like, I just won us the game, no problem. Yeah. And then how many hands that has to go through to get up to the head coach? I mean, even Tom Herman in a video I watched about it, he was on Texas's staff at the time, was yeah. like, we thought this was like. A pot of gold. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this was it. Yeah. And then to realize that it's just, they're lining up with the same formation, but people are just wide open. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like, I mean, he was, he's so, he was so eccentric. And it was amazing to see. Uh-huh. Um, but he will definitely be missed in the college football world. Yeah. Um, like you said, not only not only his scheme, his, his West Coast style and the air raid, pure air raid uh, but but just that that personality it's it's going to be really sad that we don't have him anymore yeah for sure but yeah so now we can uh we can move on to byu get a little and bit so, of business out of the way yeah a little bit of business out of the way but we can move on to byu talk and we've got a couple things we can talk about first off it happened i think the day after we put our episode out jay hill got hired as defensive coordinator absolutely and I'm thrilled. This I know is, you're thrilled too. This is a wonderful hire. It is. And I, mean, it, I so I thought for sure BYU was going to go after Jay Hill. I didn't think they were going to get him though because I didn't think he was going to leave Weber State. Yeah. I thought he would be loyal to Weber State. Well, I think, you know, especially with his wife having gotten like had she had gotten cancer and Weber State was loyal to him just being like, "No, we'll take care of you." Like Yeah. Like you, you go figure this out. We'll take care of you, and um, and I mean it's hard to repay that that kind of loyalty, but from from what everyone was saying, he's just feel like he feels like he had gotten to a point where he's just like, look, we're a perennial powerhouse in FCS right now. There's not much else I can. I, I've taken them as far as I can take them. Yeah. Like, I mean, the only other option is like winning an FCS championship. Right, is winning it. Like, he's like, I've been to the playoffs. I've been. I think there. he's been to the like, semis. Yeah. I don't know that he ever got to the final, but I'm pretty sure he's played in a semifinal for the FCS. Yeah, I think he was normally not, uh, knotted up against old, uh, either North Dakota, North Dakota State, State or South Dakota State. One, like, yeah. one of those guys that are always powerful. But anyway, yeah, I mean, just a fantastic hire. Um, you know, he's a Utah guy, but but he's also a BYU guy. Like, yeah. it, it, like to be both. And, and the fact that some people are calling him Baby Wit and – how instantly he's hired, has his media introduction. The next day, he's already just like putting on Twitter, like, I'm already in the homes. Like, we're going to be in Utah all week. Yeah. We're visiting people all week. 
Yeah, and I mean, granted, it didn't end up happening because Smith Stoden committed to Utah. Yeah. Um, I think just too much ground to make up, too little, too late. Right. Sort of thing. But the day after the, the announcement, he's at Sky Ridge High School during the day with Gennaro Guilford and, and I believe it was Kelly Papinga. Mm-hmm. And then he was at, at Smith Stoden's house that night with Kalani and Guilford as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, it sounded like. Obviously, BYU didn't make up enough ground. But to me, if, if Hill is here the whole time and you don't have Ed Lamb and Tuiaki kind of screwing up the recruiting cycle, I, I think there's a good chance you're landing Smith Snowden. Yeah. Because it sounded like you they made a, a big enough push where it was a question to Smith which school he's going to choose. Obviously, he picked Utah, and it probably wasn't that big of a question in the end, but it was enough to make him think about it. Well, for Smith, you know, I – I totally get it as a cornerback. Like oh, yeah. Corner, yeah. Like, yeah. cornerbacks and defensive linemen, I've always understood them going to Utah. Utah has always developed that talent extremely well. Now, receiver? Eh. Receivers, on the <laughs> other hand, that is, that's that's a BYU thing. Yeah. Receivers and quarterbacks, that's that's more BYU. And that's why, I mean, I, I mean, you look at our, our recruiting, our offensive recruiting versus our defensive recruiting, like... Yeah, I mean, I did the numbers, and it's it's like night and day. <laughs> right. But, I, I, you know, one thing, um, since we're kind of jumping on to recruiting a little bit, I, I agree with you. I think Jay Hill and Kelly Papinga, they're great recruiters. And if they're around from the beginning, we probably have a much better better shot with some of these guys. And we probably have a better shot at retaining some other guys. Like Logan Fano goes into the transfer portal. And, yeah. And, you know, it, it, that's one of those things that, you know, my initial reaction was just like, well, he said he was going to stay. Um, which, when you go back and listen to it, like, he was semi he non. He was semi non-committal. Like, he was one of those things where he's like, I believe in what Kalani's doing here, blah blah blah. Well, but he never said like. But that's the thing. So I'm many people like here. he said he's staying. I'm like, technically didn't. I mean, in technically, a way. Jeff. That's um, what I mean. Like, he gave Jeff, a non-answer. Like, but Jeff Hansen did say like, you know, he told me he was staying. Right. You know. And that's where it's just, that's where it's just like okay, but that being said, like, I get it. One, he talked about how big of a dream it was to play with his brother in college, right? And right when BYU has their horrible skid, BYU was never going to be in the conversation for Spence. Although, what's funny to me, it would have made more sense for the opposite to happen of Logan originally going to Utah. And then Spence going to BYU because he's an offensive lineman. Uh huh. Because I feel like offensive linemen are developed better at BYU. Yeah. But I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, I mean, regardless. Since, since we're bringing out Spence as well, I'm just going to put this on record for me saying this. I think Ethan Thomason will be a better tackle than Spencer Fauna will be. I don't even think Spencer Fauna will stick at tackle. I think he'll move to guard. Well, Spencer's undersized right as far as yeah i mean he's li- listen he's six five but he has to put on a lot of weight right if he wants to be a tackle whereas, and even at six five if you're six five you're a guard at byu whereas thomason's a, a tree he's six eight three twenty already yeah as a high schooler that's without college strength and conditioning right like i i think he's going to be end up being the better lineman yeah i mean you know and and they run such vast, vastly different schemes. Like we don't actually know what'll happen there, but like yeah. the what ifs behind it. But and, and anyway, um, going back to kind of the whole Logan thing, like you know, 
there's these guys that are leaving because who've, who've entered the transfer party? You got Conover who's going to ASU. That's confirmed. Tate, <sighs> who's going, yeah, Tate Romney who's going to ASU. ASU. That's confirmed. Terrence Fall, who I've seen his two offers. It's Northern Arizona and Northern Colorado. And, you know, I get him leaving. I really do. Yeah. Like, because you're behind you're behind Cody Epps. You're behind um, Keanu Hill, uh, Chase Roberts. Cody Hagan's got to come back. Braden Cosper's getting more time than you. I mean, One of the McKenzie brothers is coming back to play receiver. Yeah. Uh, whether it's Dom or Weston, whatever. I don't know. All I know is that one of them is freaky fast. Like, just speed out the wazoo. Anyway. Um, but you look at all these, like, so I mean, there's those three. Keenan Peely's in the transfer portal. It's rumored he's going to Utah. I don't think it's been confirmed, has it? I don't think it's been, I don't think it's been confirmed to the public, but I think behind closed doors, it seems like it's confirmed. Right. Um, Fano going to Utah. Um, so rumor uh, Col- is Gunner going to ASU. That's a rumor. I yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess if he wants to play with his brother or play closer to home, that makes sense. But I I would I would just find it a little odd. Right. But I mean, teach their own. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. But uh, Campbell Barrington. Committed oh, and Dallin to, Holker. Those are the other two that are missing. Well, also, so I know but Campbell Col- Barrington committed to. Baylor. I know Peyton Wilgar. Like there was all the speculation that he was leaving, and then on Sunday, Colton Col- said that Colton he was going to Utah. Colton said that it was done, and I don't want to. So I don't want to sound like we're bashing Colton. So for funny a enough, I actually I texted him today. Yeah. Because I was like, I can't find anything right. about him entering the portal, and apparently the rumor is he's more leaning towards an NFL shot, an NFL run, than he is. Okay. Than he is transferring. I mean, that makes sense. And I think you know honestly, for him. Um, I think he's shown what he can do. I don't know that an extra year is going to help him. Yeah, well, I, and I think you're I think going Jared's to... in the same boat. You know, it's like, what else? What else are you going to be able to show us in one more year? Well, and then you're, if it's Utah, you also have not only Keenan Peely going there, and you have uh, Lavani Damuni, who is an All Pac-12 linebacker at Stanford. You already got there. Lander Barton but, there, but you have. The entire Pac-12 defense that's already there, right? Like the entire Utah defense is already there at linebacker. I just think if you're going somewhere to to transfer, I don't think Utah is necessarily the smartest transfer for certain people. Like for for Holker, makes perfect sense to me. But for somebody like uh, Wilgar or even Peely to go to a place that you're already going to have to compete to even start. Well, like, isn't isn't the rumor about Peely like it's a he's going walk-on. as a walk on? Yeah, like he's not going and he's as getting a scholarship an NIL deal there. That, which, yeah, which don't like that kind of bothers me because he was a captain at BYU and he's leaving to go be a walk on at Utah. That irks me a little bit. Right, but uh, you know whatever. But it, I just feel like you're not putting yourself in a good situation to even showcase anything else. If you're going to Utah as Wilgar. So going to the NFL makes more sense to me than going there just because there's too much competition already. Yeah. So absolutely. And so I mean there's there's movement in the portal. Um have you heard that Keaton Slovis is down to three schools? Yeah, and BYU's one of them. BYU, UCLA, and Notre Dame. Uh-huh. That is unreal to me. Yeah. And now I, I tell actually, you what, let me, see if ends, I got, let me see if I got an email back. Look, if he ends up at at BYU 
it will be one of the funniest things. I don't know. Did you ever see the clip of him oh, yeah. talking about on oh, that yeah. podcast like about the, BYU? The Twilight Zone. It's hilarious. Yeah, when you talked about how it's like the Twilight Zone because you got a bunch of fans who are yelling at you, but you know they're not drunk, and so you know they mean everything they're saying, and but they're not swearing at you, so it's like yeah, I've got like the nice. I've, got, I've got the quote right here when he's talking about like them yelling at him. Yeah, read it. He says. They're all Mormon, right? So they're not drinking. I think they're almost that's almost more intimidating. You're going in there and usually if they're people who are heckling you, you're like, "All right, they're just drunk." But every single person in that stadium is sober heckling you and they're like not cussing either. They're like, "Slovis, you stink." <laughs> they, they were ruthless, but in the back of your mind, they're not even being drunk and stupid. They're just generally heckling heckling you for the sake of heckling you. Right. <laughs> and it would be—that's the thing. Like, it would if, be amazing if he somehow ended up at BYU. Yeah, and those same hecklers are now cheering for him. Oh, I know. And listen, when I thought about Slovis at first, because we actually talked about Slovis after we were done recording, because I talked about how he's in the transfer portal from Pitt. Yeah, and that apparently irked a lot of Pitt players because he didn't really tell anybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we kind of know what that's like at BYU. So yeah, it's fine. But. Uh, at first, I was like, I don't really know if I want Slovis because I watched him at Pitt. But then I thought about it, and I was like, Pitt's offense last year isn't that attractive for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. A lot of the year was just like, you have Israel Bandicanda, who scored like 28 touchdowns rushing and then added another like eight receiving. Right. Just hand it off to him. Right. <laughs> um, but also, it, I was thinking like, no, we need somebody that can move. Like... Because I look at Zach and then I look at Jaron, it's like that's just kind of the way we're trending. Like I'm not saying we need a mobile quarterback in terms of like that's what they want to do first, but it's like it would be a drastic change of style. But then I thought about like okay, Slovis has shown he's he's a decently accurate quarterback overall. I mean, last year at Pitt it wasn't great, but apparently he played a lot of the year injured at Pitt, so hmm. there's that. But he can be an accurate quarterback and then get him in with Aaron Roderick and Fessy and. See what happens. It would be interesting to like have like an actual pro style quarterback again at BYU because even right. though like I would consider, I mean De- Zach is definitely a pro style quarterback, like a pocket passer, and Jaron is a he wants to be a pocket passer first, but has the ability to be a mobile quarterback if he wants to. I don't think we've really had a true pocket passer like where running isn't even really an option before like since Christian Stewart. <laughs> um, I, actually, I actually don't know about Christian Stewart. Uh, well, I was going to say Tanner Mangum. I was going to say Tanner Mangum. Yeah. Except I think you're probably getting a better version of Tanner Mangum with Keaton Slope. I sure hope so. I hope so. Um, or, or Honestly, I, I'll take rookie year Tanner Mangum. Rookie <laughs> or, year. Freshman. Freshman year Tanner Mangum. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's interesting. And then Drew Pine was actually on campus today. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah. So, you got – a kid that's considering Notre Dame, and they got a quarterback that's leaving Notre Dame. Another it's too bad, old uh, Michael Mayers. And a parent uh, is I, going to the NFL, or else. Yeah, maybe I, we could have gotten him to come over too. <laughs> that's true. Maybe we could have. That way, we could uh, torch our defense in practice. But apparently, like Drew Pine's like a Christian kid, so. Well, I mean, he I, went to I Notre could, Dame. I well, get it. Oh, I get it, but I'm sure not everybody on that team is. What are you talking about? <laughs> All of them are perfect and practicing Catholics. Yeah. Just like everyone I'm on sure. BYU's football team are are practicing Mormons. Or sorry, members of the Church of <laughs> Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
Yeah, that's true. That yeah, is true. That's how it is. Yeah. Um, that's how it's always been. How do you not know that? You know, but I can see why he'd have an interest in a school like right. BYU. Um, but it's interesting. I don't. Out of those two, which one would you rather have? Um, I mean, one thing about Drew Pine, the something he went viral for this year is, dude can take an ear beating. That's he can true. take a verbal beating and not flinch. Although was, maybe it will be different with the new staff to BYU, but I don't think anybody took a verbal beating this year at BYU. Hey, love and learning. <laughs> love and learning. Love and learn, baby. So, um, me personally, I you know I really liked what Slovis did his freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had uh, a similar situation to a lot, to a lot of you know just the 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 carousel of coaches you know as far as like okay, you're going to come in for JT, and okay, now this person's back. Oh, now Caleb Williams is coming in, so, oh, because Jackson Dart's here, and now I'm going to bench you. and You know what I mean? Like, he, he dealt with so much that way. Like, yeah. if he can sit down with a guy that's just like, okay, let's look at your ability. Let's focus on that. And, and you're the guy. By the way, Soul Jay's probably not going to beat you out here. <laughs> Cade Finnegan's not going to beat you out here. Like, you are our guy. Mm-hmm. And that's why if you were to bring both of them in, it's like, ooh, can you can you tell one like, hey, 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 you're our guy, Drew. You, you're gonna have to sit, like, you know what I mean? Like that that'd be really tough. Uh-huh. But um, I you know I like Slovis. Uh, if they if he can if A Rod can help him clean up some of the picks he made, then I think he could be a great quarterback. I mean, even when he came and played BYU. In what year was that? Eighteen? Nineteen. Nineteen. Um when they when USC came in and, and BYU played him and and I think he threw three picks that day. But I mean he was also slinging the ball around. And you know, I, I think he was a he was a freshman who just didn't really know how to kinda That was his first road start. Yeah. He was just a freshman. As an eighteen year old. Didn't really know how to how to rein it all in. And if you can get A-Rod, who has proven over the, his last two quarterbacks that, like, you give me two years, I will I will improve you. I will get you to where you want to be. Yeah, any BYU fan that uses their uh, game in 2019 against USC as, like, their benchmark for what Keaton Slovis is, I think is wrong. because Unless you, you're you, doing it like me, where, where it's like, well, well, you, he has... Potential. Yeah, he showed like, that he look could do at this. more than just that game, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of BYU fans will just look at that game, but like, no, I don't want him. Yeah, because he lost the game to BYU. But also, you got to look at the context. He was a freshman, like a true freshman. He was 18 years old, making his first road start. And you and I have talked about, especially when a team like USC comes to town and well, the place is going to be packed, it's hard to play in. It's hard to play when that place gets loud. Yep. So. I, I can't really hold that against him. Um, the the one upside to Drew Pine outside of just what their ability on the field is, is that he has three years of eligibility, and right. Slovis will only have the one. Right. So maybe you could bring in two transfer quarterbacks with, say, you bring in Slovis, and then you bring in one more that has several years of eligibility left. Right. But the problem is I don't think you'd bring in both those guys – because I don't think Drew Pine is going to transfer to just be a backup again. Right. 
And I don't think Slovis is transferring to be anybody's backup either in his final year. Right. So, I mean, I, I do get that, though. I mean, Drew Pine, with three years of eligibility, that would be huge. Um, I mean, look at what Aaron Roderick could potentially turn him into in those three years. Yeah. And I think, and maybe I'm dead wrong, but I would hey, and say. and we know that he throws to a tight end. So, Isaac Rex, if Pine comes to town, baby. Hey, you, you are going to get those 12 touchdowns again. <laughs> but I, I, maybe I'm dead wrong on this. And let me know what you think. But, I mean, we only saw Drew Pine this year. And we saw we saw him, although, no, you weren't there. Uh, I, I was going to say a note against Notre Dame, but you were in Colorado. How dare you. <laughs> but, um, I mean, after that Marshall game where he comes in to replace the Tyler Bachner, Buchner. Whatever their starting quarterback's name remember. was. I don't know. He's the one that lost to Marshall. Uh, but, I mean, after the BYU game, Notre Dame wins all their games except for the, that Stanford game. So, he, the play improved at Notre Dame, for sure. And Drew Pine was a part of that. But I would, I was going to say, I think but if you're looking at just Slovis and Drew Pine, I think your ceiling in just next year, like first year in the Big 12 – might be higher with Slovis, but I think your floor is higher with Pine. Because I've I've seen Slovis's floor, and I would say that floor was last year at Pitt. And I don't know that I'd... That, that's why it's like, I don't know if I want that, because he didn't look that great last year at Pitt overall. So, maybe I'm wrong on that. I just think the, the floor is higher with Pine, the ceiling's higher with Slovis. So, for one year... Oh man, it's tough. I'd take both of them, but I think. But you know, like you said earlier, I mean, Pine's not going to come in just to be that's, another. Backup. Well, that's that's the thing. I would take both, but I know you're not going to get both. I think for the one year, I'd probably, I'd probably just take slowest for the one year, mm-hmm. and just see what happens and then try and to see get what you can do in recruiting or in, Recruit. in transfer. I mean, I next mean, year's class is Isaac Wilson, so right. I'm not saying he's going to come in and start right away as a true freshman but he'll be in that class Ryder Burton apparently is uh, he's not going on a mission so he's oh, so he'll he, be here next year he'll be here next year apparently so well and that can be something that you know maybe that potentially spurs Ryder to play that next year you know what I mean like like he can sit behind watch the way that A-Rod deals with Keaton because I think him and Ryder probably have a, a similar play style you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. biggest problem is Ryder doesn't have great stats because he was throwing to freaking crash car dummies out there, like like crash test dummies with with jerseys on. Yeah, I mean they had just about the same amount of skill that me and you do playing receiver out there. I mean, honestly, I probably could have caught the, some of the balls though. Right. That's <laughs> that's that's probably true. You know, it's anyway. But like with and and maybe that's that would be good for Ryder to see that because yeah. honestly, like. Look, I would love to have Isaac Wilson. Me and you have seen a couple of games of his. He looks a lot like Zach. Um, the way he kind of carries himself out there, the way he plays, um, looks a lot like Zach. That being said, I don't know that BYU is going to land Isaac. Right. Yeah. yeah you, you can't bank on it. Right. But like, if Ryder Burton has the same same style as, as Keaton Slovis, and he's also... The guy you're looking at being the future of BYU football, in like if Ryder is that guy, bring Keaton in. They can he can learn from that same situation, and then have four full years to go. 
Mm-hmm. So, because the thing is, if you bring Drew Pine in and you have him do that, I mean, Ryder will be a junior, but like a red shirt junior by the time he gets to play. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird situation. Um, I'm just excited to see who they can who they can get. I mean, the fact that they're in conver- in conversations with guys of a higher caliber. Right. It's not the backup from Baylor, and it's just like, oh, we think we can turn him into something. It's like, we haven't seen him. Right. And, it, well, it's, I know Jeff Hansen said that they're in they're in serious talks with, like, a few quarterbacks, and then there's several that they're talking to. Yeah. But, like, the fact that the, it seems like the few because they're on campus are, like, Slovis and Drew Pine. Yeah. Like, it's not – and no shot at, like, any – any FCS quarterback. I mean, there's the, what the Northern Arizona quarterback who was like a gunslinger last year. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he could be a good quarterback, but it's like we've seen these guys do it at like the highest levels. So it's it's a little different. Do one know, guy. One do we quarterback know what's happening I, with uh, Hank Bachmeyer? I don't know. I haven't heard any news about him. I mean, I'm sure BYU's contacted him. I mean, it sounds like BYU's contacted every quarterback in the nation that's in the transfer portal. But I mean, that's true. But I I haven't heard a, like a peep about Hank Bachmeyer. Um, I mean, you haven't really heard about him since he announced he was transferring. No, it was like okay, he just kind of disappeared. Yeah, I I don't know if it was just like well I have to wait until December fifth anyway. And it's like, oh December fifth is here. I forgot that was the date. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I I don't know. Like it's it's really interesting. Yeah. No, I. I think that one quarterback I would really want them to contact, and they probably already have, but I don't know how serious they are, is Austin Reed from Western Kentucky. Because, and listen, I know Western Kentucky, not a great conference. What are, what's their mascot? Are they the Hilltoppers? Yeah. Heck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. But, hey, last time I saw them play, and I, I watched them play. Yeah. Was when they came to Provo in 2020. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I don't go out of my way to watch Western Kentucky. So he was a, uh, he was a, was he an FCS transfer, or a junior junior college transfer? I forget. He has one year of eligibility left, but he, last year he threw for 4,249 yards, 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Is that all? That's all. Only 36 touchdowns? Yeah. It's kind of disappointing. Only 4,200 yards. You're averaging three touchdowns a game? You're telling me you're averaging 21 points a game just from your arm? It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah. No kidding. But yeah, that's 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 one like on my wish list of who they they could bring in. I like that one. What about uh, Georgia Tech's Jeff Sims? What about Clemson's DJ, DJ. Uyagalele? Hey, I mean... That Polynesian pipeline. I don't know. I, <laughs> what was funny is I originally read that BYU technically has a connection with him. Do they? Yeah, and it's because they they had an offer out to him. Okay. Like, they offered him in eighth grade? Something like that? I can't remember. It was something they offered him, like, super early. Is he a member? I don't think so. I mean, I wouldn't think so. I don't think so. I just, I think, like, technically, they like BYU has talked to him before. Right. 
Right. So like that was the connection. Like, well, I'm just saying. Like, like, the only reason I asked like, that it wasn't, is like, but it wasn't something like it's. It's like you know that uh, Nicholas Yamaleava, yeah. who's going to uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think it's that it's that type of situation where it's like BYU technically had an offer out to him. He was never going to go to BYU, right? But he had an off like he had an offer from them, right? It's not like so. I mean, to compare this to another Clemson transfer quarterback, remember Kelly Bryant? Mm-hmm. I remember reading something where she's like, here are his possible landing destinations, and BYU, BYU was, on, was it. on it. And I was like, what the heck? And I was like, oh, these are all P5 teams that aren't Clemson, and because we're an independent, we're like P5 adjacent. So yeah. that's why BYU's technically on this list. Right. <laughs> Got it. It wasn't like that. Like, Kelly Bryant never had talked to BYU. Uh-huh. DJ apparently had talked to BYU. Interesting. Whether we had a shot at him or not. Well, the only reason I asked if he was a member, because typically if BYU's offering a kid in eighth grade, they know about the kid because he's a member. Maybe it wasn't in eighth grade. I I don't know. I'd have to look at it. and. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but there's a connection there. Yeah. Is it going to happen? Probably not. No. Uh, Where's he going to end up? Apparently he's looking at UCLA and Oregon. Which if he goes I mean, to if he goes to UCLA, that means Slovis is down to two schools, and Notre Dame don't they have their like their guys coming back? Tyler, isn't it? Tyler Buckner, Buchner. I don't know. I, it's something Look, like don't, that. Don't ask me. We we didn't know it before in the show. Why would we know it now? Uh, hold on. I Notre Dame Tyler. I'm, that's what I'm googling. Yeah, that's good. Tyler um, Buchner, Buckner, whatever he last whatever his last name is. That's how it's spelled. So. It, it could be either one. Let's go with Buchner. Buchner. Yeah, sure. No, Buckner. Buckner. Yeah, they, he, Buckner flows. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So let me see here. Former five-star prospect in Clemson transfer DJ. Um, an offer from BYU out of high school. So he was in high school. but Okay. Granted, he had 30 offers, but BYU was one of them. So it means that he has had contact with BYU in the past. I don't think he's going to end up at BYU, but I'm just saying, we're we're in the conversation. Yeah. But you know who was at BYU today, actually, was, uh, what's his name? David in, or, what, Dayton? no, Daniel Ngata. He's a running back from Arizona State. Out of high school, he was a a 94-rated four-star running back. Dang. And he was on a, he was on a, a visit to BYU today. Is this a grad transfer again? No. Oh, hey, I'm in. No, no, no. Look, this I, is like I don't want one and done. I don't. I don't want another Tyson Williams. I don't want another. Hold on, Chris Brooks. Let me let me look up. That being said, had Tyson Williams really worked out, it would have been fantastic. But what let do me I know? try to look up how much eligibility he has because he was a class of what? He was a class of twenty kid, I think, something like that. Um, what was his name? Daniel Ingata, but he spells it D A N I Y E L. But it's Ingata, or is it like an N Gata? Right, like G A T. It's actually said that way. I, I'm N-gata. just curious because you know you got like Daniel Nata because you got like Haloti Nata. Who it might be Nata. I might be <laughs> saying. I mean, <laughs> I might be saying you completely might just be wrong. butchering it. <laughs> I, I'm probably completely butchering this, but I was just Daniel curious Nata. because yeah, it's it's spelled the same way as 
It could be Daniel Nada. That's 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 true. Um, never thought about that. <laughs> uh, I just funny. saw the G, and my mind was just like, "Gah." Ngata, baby, Ngata. No, he was a redshirt junior last year. So he'd be a redshirt senior. Oh, would he? Yeah, it looks like it. Yes, another grad transfer. <laughs> um, he was a redshirt. Wait, he was a redshirt junior last year, and he was a class of twenty twenty kid. How is that right? Class of 2020. So his first year was 2020. So he red shirts 2020. Plays 21, 22. Man. That math doesn't matter. Actually, up. maybe he's a red shirt junior this year because I know. Maybe. So I he bet, had two I bet years of eligibility? I bet he's a red shirt junior this year. That being said, hold on. 21, 22. Did you look on the Arizona State website? Yeah. I, and it was the 2023 roster. Yeah, and so I think okay. it, the, the listing was a redshirt junior for 2023. And so okay. he'd have two years so of eligibility. So he'd have two years. I'd take that. I'd take that in a heartbeat. And another another running back that I would also be interested in? Najee Harris. Najee, I mean, sure. If he wants to be demoted hey, from the Steelers we offered, to BYU. We offered him early. Did we? I'm pretty sure. Didn't BYU offer him in like eighth grade? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people did. Right. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Najee Harris that was offered in like eighth grade. Um, no, He wasn't but, a member. <laughs> so and it was class of class of 2019, I believe. Uh, his name is Aiden Robbins, Aiden Robbins. He went to Louisville, played at Louisville for two years, then played at UNLV last year and was a 1,000-yard rusher. Granted, I know UNLV is not in a great conference, but – I'll take a thousand yard rusher, but he went on a visit late in his recruiting to BYU, so he has a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's any interest from BYU or from Aiden to come to BYU. I don't know if there's any mutual interest, but that is another option that I would look at. I think he has two years of eligibility as well. So there's a couple running back options. I would really love the. I'm. Nada. I'll say nada now. Just because I'm like, <laughs> it's probably nada. I, I like didn't even put two and two together. But <laughs> but but, but, awesome. but uh, he so he was a, since he was a nine four, um, running back out of high school, he would be. And granted, he's a transfer, so it's not straight out of high school. But he would be the highest rated running back on BYU's roster ever. Jeez. Since they started like rating, high school ratings. The highest, um, who was it? I saw someone list it today. That's that's freaking crazy. Yeah, let me look. Casey Casey Lundquist put it in the Discord. Who the who the highest rated before him was? Yeah, it was AJ Moore, a point eight six five three rated running back, and Algernon Brown was second. Point eight five seven six. LG. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And Nada um, is a point nine four six four. Yeah, the crazy, the craziest part about that whole thing. You're telling me LG was number two out of high school, the BYU had recruited. I don't know who AJ Morris. Uh, he might be like early two thousands and never did it. He could be a Ben Olsen scenario. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but like LG Brown, you think about that. I can name a bunch of running backs at BYU who, like, in my time, that have been better than him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, 
Sometimes ratings don't mean crap. Well, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> ratings don't mean anything. Like for like, and, for and, underrepresented like, people, like the eighties don't mean everything. They mean something. Sure. But they don't mean everything on whether a player was going to be good or not. I mean, JJ Watt was a two star. Went to Central Michigan and then said, "Forget this. I'm going as a walk on to Wisconsin." And look how his career ended up. But what is his, has he been successful or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, only a little bit. But the, the yeah. So ratings don't mean everything. I mean, like obviously, like Harvey and Jamal and Tyler were all better running backs than Algie Brown. But to get a four-star running back on your roster, I mean, even Tyson Williams, I I think he was a he might have been a four-star running back, but he was an eight-nine running back. Okay. So it was like sub-nine rating. Right. right. But I mean, this guy would be. Nine four, which is the highest heavy we've ever had. Um, in case you're wondering, you were correct. It is pronounced Engata. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's... I'm I'm happy that I didn't sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I was just, you know, like I said, I was curious because it was Halotinata. Right. But yeah, Engata. Um. But there you go. There's your. There's a little nugget of wisdom for you today. <laughs> But yeah, um, so those two as running backs, because they have to bring out a running back transfer. Like, they have yep. to. There's no way they can go into next season with just, what, Miles Davis and Hinkley Rapati because you can't bank on Jackson McChesney coming back. You don't You don't believe in, in the power of Hinkley? Oh, I, I believe in the power of Hinkley, but I also believe in injury. <laughs> the power of Hinkley is the reason I'm going to have blue hair. <laughs> That's true. It gave that That's team way true. too much belief for the yeah. end of the season. He did. Which I do not have my blue hair yet. That will be yeah. I was a bit that'll be tomorrow. When I found that out. That'll be weekend. tomorrow, actually. So if you're watching the BYU game, um, I actually think there's somewhat of a decent chance of me getting on national television with having bright blue hair. Probably. Like, I I. Why not? As long I'm, as I'm wearing BYU stuff. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure whoever's calling the game is going to be like. We got fans out here in all full force. I mean, although SMU has blue too, so it, it doesn't really matter. This could work both ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, speaking of SMU, I think we've talked a lot about the transfer portal. We really just don't know a ton right now. Um, but let's jump into this New Mexico Bowl. Looking forward to it. Now look, here's, here's one thing I will say: this game literally means nothing. Oh yeah. I mean, um, I know an unnamed player who asked to be unnamed pretty much broke the news to some media writer that Jaron ain't playing. He said, I think the quote was, it would take a miracle for Jaron to play. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> that's comforting. Yeah. Now, Conover's in the transfer board. Conover's He's on his way to Arizona State. State. Yeah. And rumor is Cade Finnegan hasn't been practicing. So you got two quarterbacks. So, look, <laughs> we are looking at a situation of Soljay Mayava Peters starting this bowl game with Nick Bullops as the backup. Now, who's your emergency? Is it Blake Freeland? I I think that is the most logical answer. Right, because, because he played quarterback. He played a quarter. He played quarterback. He would be a 
six foot eight, three hundred and twenty five pound now quarterback. Let me, now let me throw something. Let me throw something your way. What about Chase Roberts? I know he played receiver in in high school, but he's one for one on the season, baby. That's true. One for one with a touchdown. That is that is true. I'm just saying he's got a perfect passer rating. I, yeah, he's got the highest passer rating on the team. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think that, that those are both viable options. You know, Blake Freeland <laughs> and Chase Roberts. And I, I think you also have to throw out the option of just having Puka Nakua run Wildcat the entire game. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> or Hinkley. Or Hinkley. <laughs> no, I know uh, uh, back in, I think it was 2014, that Kai Nakua was the emergency backup. Um, I mean, it's just, it's... There's got to be someone on this team that played quarterback that transferred, like transitioned to a different position. Besides Blake, right? Because as much as I'd love to see it, I don't think they're going to have the six foot eight, three hundred twenty five. Wouldn't that be unreal, though? Wouldn't that be unreal, dude? Imagine a QB sneak with him. I know. (laughs) It's like, is that another blocker? Oh, that's the quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so funny. Is is the quarterback smashed in between these two, and they're just going to push him? No. That's the quarterback. Yeah, That's like, him. Like, do we have? I mean, obviously not as like highly rated. We don't have one that went to Wisconsin, but do we have like an Austin Convensus on this team that played quarterback and then just switched positions? Never, never, I, sniffed, and never sniffed the field. <laughs> never sniffed a quarterback other than the the jumbo package that we ran. Exactly. There's, I, I, I don't know who the emergency quarterback would be, and the the really sick part of me kind of. Would like to get to that would point. Would love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, obviously, I would never want anybody to get seriously injured. I, 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 but I 100% agree. In, in but the, look, if, in if the off chance that it actually look, happens, I would look Soljay forward to is, the opportunity. You know, he's, he's in getting his ankle taped, right? Yeah. And Nick Billups goes out with some sort of... You know, gets the wind knocked out of him. Just needs to go suck down some oxygen for a bit. Uh-huh. We, I mean, we probably just run wildcat a couple times, but uh oh, these guys can't go anymore. What are we doing? Yeah, what are That's we, what we doing? See. Like, and obviously, I feel like, I feel like if it's a scenario where say, say my Avi Peters is getting his tape, and then say not even knocked wind out of him, say his helmet comes off and he has to come out for a play. I feel like for one play, it's likely just they're gonna run wildcat. Right. But like, if you have to do it for like several plays, what are you doing? Right. That that would be fun to watch. It would be. I mean, it would be one of those things that Cade Fenning is probably sitting there in his street clothes, and Kalani looks at him and just goes, "Can you? Is there any way you can go put on pads? <laughs> like, please. Would that be allowed? I don't know. It's, like, if someone's in street clothes, <laughs> but they're I, rostered. I, I don't. I don't know what it's like. In college, I know in the NFL, if you're not part of the 53-man, you can't touch the field. Right. But I don't know what it's like in college. Like but I don't know if they submit like a depth chart to the officials or whatever, and then it's like, if you're not on this, you can't play. I don't know. I, <laughs> that would be interesting, though. I, I think it'd be fascinating. You just see Cade run to the locker room real quick, <laughs> or yeah. just go into the blue tent, and he well, comes out dressed. All right. Well, could you imagine just going in at halftime and be like, "Ah, oh, man, this sucks. Who's this is going to be a horrible second half?" And then all of a sudden, you see number eleven trotting out, and it's like, "What?" <laughs> it's freshman year, Zach Wilson. I don't know. Uh, I do think the weirdest thing that we're going to see uh, this weekend. I don't know if you realize that Soljay changed numbers. Five. Yeah, 
Yeah. Hulker left the next week. He had number five on. Yeah, he was probably scheming the entire time. Yeah, he was just like he, he was. He probably, was, he he was probably, talking to Dallin. He, he probably was just planted like, the seed. He's like, dude, they're like, not playing enough. They're not. They're not going to play enough here. You know that shit. That that just sucks. Yeah, you know, I bet if you went to Utah or even Baylor, you talk about how much you like you like to coach Grimes. <laughs> Man, if you went, if you went there, I bet that would work. <laughs> yeah. Next day he doesn't show up, so the day after that. Sol J goes into the equipment room and just goes, number five's mine. I'll be taking that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, yeah, he's the one that planted the seed for Dallin to leave. Um, but, yeah, this this bowl game, I, I feel like this bowl game is basically just... I, I Now, the opponent could be a little different, but even as SMU. The New Mexico Bowl against SMU just... This screams independence football for BYU. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the perfect send-off. I wouldn't want it to be any other place than in Albuquerque. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is this is one of those things that BYU is oddly going to have a, a good number of fans there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know what to think, honestly. Like, Well, yeah, I looked into SMU a little bit. And so they can they can put up points, but they can't stop anything. Oh, they allow points like crazy. Yeah, they surprisingly their defense is ranked worse than BYU's, and I didn't think that was possible. Of course it is. What were we like? One twenty-seven. There's four other teams. <laughs> no, I think so. I think we finished the year at least in like SP plus, which is some ranking, but we were like one eleven. I think. So we had 20 teams below us. So we had 20 us. teams below us. And they were one of them, I think, at like 125. Wait, one more piece of news that I realized we didn't cover. What? Did you see that the WAC and... Oh, yes. And oh, who was it? Um, the WAC and the Atlantic, right? Was it the Atlantic? WAC. But we have, a, we have an FCS... We have two FCS conferences who are going to merge and move up. We're gonna come into into uh, FBS, and so what was this year a an FCS game with Utah Tech? Next year would be an FBS game. Yeah, Atlantic Sun. Yeah, the oh. Atlantic Sun. Yeah, and they're they're gonna merge and come on up, dude. So that would mean that would mean SUU and Utah Tech. But not Weber. Because Weber's in the big sky. Oh, right. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Utah Tech. So you'd have Utah Tech and SU as FCS school, or FBS schools. FBS. <laughs> we, well, only Weber. Although they'll probably be still a powerhouse, but... Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, so we got we got a group of six going on next year. <laughs> Or it, I don't know what it takes effect. Does it take effect in 23? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you're scheduling three teams you probably would have scheduled otherwise, and then you just have an agreement with these other other nine schools. Be like, hey, we're going to play all of you. Like, you already have your schedule kind of figured out. Hey, that means, that means that BYU can just alternate their, their – 
whenever they do, they're going to play Utah and FCS school, and then they can just alternate between Utah Tech and SUU as their other group of five school. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or you think about it, just like if you want that, that instead of playing Utah State every year like on conference weekend, uh-huh. just rotate SUU and Utah Tech in there. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Like, I think it'd be hilarious to see what a home game for Utah Tech against BYU would look like. Yeah. I can't imagine that there's going to be a lot of red in that stadium. No, I can't either. And I think it's the same with, with SUU. I mean, I would say probably... I mean, you got to think, people in St. George, if they're going to a Utah Tech game, it's like, eh, it's just because this is here. Now, if BYU's there, BYU's their first love. Boom, they're going to go. Right. But they're going to go as BYU fans. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be a sight to see. Oh, man. Yeah, that that that's so like. Sorry, I I had just remembered no, that. No, thinking that about were... it now, it's just so odd that to like have a new conference. Uh huh. It's just come up. Look, I don't know if like. Because <laughs> you hear of teams leaving yeah. the FCS, but you never hear of this. <laughs> well, last year you had James Madison who left left yeah. FCS, went to the. Uh, conference USA or Sun Belt? Sun Belt. Went to the yeah. Sun Belt with Appalachian. I just know they were in the same as Appalachian yeah, yeah, State. Yeah. And I think part of that was because didn't the American go and, like, they've already, like, preemptively taken some schools. They've Mm -hmm. said, like, oh, in 23, when we lose Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, we're going to be gaining these other schools. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if the Sun Belt was just like, yeah, James Madison, you can come over. We don't care. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, to have an entire merging of conferences and then just move up. It's crazy. Well, and how how that Dude, Atlantic tell Sun me, Conference? Please tell me that this is somehow going to be called the WAC again. If we can get the WAC back in FBS. Well, I was going to say, where does this uh, conference play? Like, how what what teams are in this conference? Atlantic Sun is. I don't care about men's basketball. Stephen F. Austin, Utah Tech, Eastern Kentucky, Austin P, Abilene Christian, Southern Utah, Tarleton State, Eastern Kentucky, Central Arkansas, and oh, Eastern Kentucky is already listed, and North Alabama. Okay, so Austin P, Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, uh, Northern Alabama, and Kennesaw State. And then University of Texas Rio Grande Valley is also slated to join the conference whenever the the program kicks off in 2025. Heck yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a straight to FBS program. That's amazing. <laughs> we know you've never existed. U- University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. So U- UTRGV. That's amazing. <laughs> I will become a diehard for that team. They're going to be so bad. University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. That's amazing. <laughs> the fact that this is happening is so funny. Yeah, because I, I, this completely drawed a blank on me until you mentioned it. And it's like, yeah, this is happening. It's so weird. Yeah. Oh, it's man. pretty crazy. Anyway, so back to the SMU game oh, a yeah, little bit. that's a game. <laughs> yeah. Back to the SMU game. Um, Tanner Mordecai has pretty similar stats to Jaron over this year. He's yeah. thrown three more picks, but... He's also thrown for 150 more yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Seems like the guy to look out for is the receiver who's got 1,400 yards on the season. Um, something rice. Rashi? Rashi? Rashi rice? <laughs> You're all. Maybe it's Rashi. Rashi? Rashi rice. I don't know. But um, he, I mean, what's the. Rashi rice just really comes off the tongue, though. <laughs> Rashi rice. Rashi rice. It's like a, it's like a type of rice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, SMU's favored five and a half in this one, over under at 64. Um, you know, SMU's favored five and a half. Yeah. Do you think that's Vegas knowing Jaron's not playing? I think so. Like, yeah. So do you think if Jaron plays, we're favored or do you think we're just favored? They're, they're favored by less. I think it's more like a one and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, that being said. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if A-Rod can drop. I mean, look at what we did on the ground against Stanford in the second half. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure A-Rod could draw something like that up. Yeah. When you think about who we're missing on, on defense, yeah, Peely's gone. We don't know if Wilgar's playing because he's still dealing with injury and decision. Now, I'll tell you what, if we don't give him a parking pass, I will lose my mind. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't really know what else to say about this game. It's, well, I'll give you some numbers. Thanks to, uh, Nick Lee, who is a fellow writer on Vanquish the Foe. Okay. Um, he put an article just comparing numbers wise, the, the offense and defense for this game. So offensively, um, BYU has a worse offense by the numbers, um, just because SMU puts up points. Right. So, according to SP Plus overall, BYU is ranked 74th and SMU is 55th. And well, SMU, was it SMU and Houston that were in that huge game that, that <laughs> the, the score at halftime was like 63 to 56? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And it was like, this is halftime? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I had the... I, I can tell the, you right now, if they score 63 on us in the first half, <laughs> we'll be lucky to have 14. Oh, I know. So that's the overall score. Offensively, BYU is 37th. SMU is 7th in the country, <laughs> offensively. Um, passing, BYU is 32nd. SMU is 6th. Rushing, BYU is 52nd. SMU is 65th. So SMU is going to air out the ball, which concerns me a bit. But also, I think I'd rather have a team that's really good at throwing than a really good at passing, according to our defense. Or, or re- really good at throwing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was awfully confused. No, no, I was no. like, I think I'd rather face like, a team ah, that's really dude. good at throwing than really good at running. I was going to say the, uh, the nuance between throwing and passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, they're quite different. Um, <laughs> throwing the ball. I mean... Guy can throw it. Anybody can throw it. He Not can't pass, can pass it to the it. guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's exactly true. I can throw the ball. I can't pass it to a college receiver. <laughs> but, Potentially. But, uh, yeah, I think just based off of the way the defense is kind of set up, I'd rather be in pass coverage than I would having to stop the run the entire game. So, just based off of their scheme, I think that'll – help BYU a little bit. Now, granted, we have no idea what this defense is going to look like. Like, who's going to be involved with coaching this defense? Because 
I can't imagine like Jay Hill is going to be on the sideline coaching this defense in this game. At this point, why not? I mean, why not? Honestly, but but, but I just don't <laughs> like. Is Kalani going to? I would imagine Kalani's calling the plays defensively. Oh, well, because who else is going to call? Who's, him? who's? I mean, Gennaro, I guess. <laughs> I, I, you, Look, you as far as I can tell, that <laughs> defensive staff is Kalani, Gennaro, G A G A G A. I think Clune's still there. Is Clune still there? I don't think he's been released yet. It's too bad. Well, I, I think they're still in the evaluation period. Oh, are they? Be- because, I mean, in that press conference, uh, someone asked Jay Hill and Kalani about, is anybody besides Gennaro being retained? And they said, we're going to evaluate everybody. Which, to me, doesn't sound like... <laughs> like, if they knew they were going to retain you, it'd just be like, yes. Because I thought... Because isn't Jay Hill bringing someone from Weber State with him? Maybe. I don't know. I thought I read that today. I haven't seen that, but that could be the case. I haven't really read anything about that. Yeah, I tell you what. I would love to be. I would love to show up and Jay Hill and Kelly Papinger on the sideline. I'd be like, I'm All in. in. I'm yeah. in. I'm in. <laughs> I don't care how this happens. Also, points per game. Uh, SMU is scoring 38.4 points per game, which is best for 13th in the country. BYU's doing what, like 34? 31.9. 31. Which, honestly, better than I expected. And maybe I'm just thinking too much into October. But, you know, that's just kind of how that goes at this point. But defensively, I mean, oh, SMU is 132nd. Or 23rd. Jeez, dyslexia. 123rd on defense. They are... Against the pass, 91st, and against the run, 121st. So, BYU should be able to put up points. It just depends on if BYU's defense can stop them, stop SMU's offense. I so. just don't know who's going to put up the points. Oh, yeah, that's true. I keep thinking this, this game's going to be normal. <laughs> it's not Jaren. <laughs> that's the thing. I keep thinking this game's going to be normal. Um, and and I, I already know that they're going to have Mordecai in there. Oh, yeah. And they're going to have probably everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to, like, look, this is one of those schools that, you know, because SMU's in the American. SMU's looking at those three, the three other schools that are going to the Big 12, and they know that they have a chance to embarrass another school that's going to the Big 12. Yeah. Because, I mean, the fact that they hung 56 on on Houston in the first half, like, it was just like, see, you can't hang with a Big 12 style offense here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know how they, how they, uh, UCF beat them and Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati only beat them by two. UCF beat them 41 19. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think that, like, I, I am not optimistic about yeah. our chances here. here that, if Jaren, look, if Jaren's playing, I think we have a realistic shot. Yeah. The fact that Jaren's not playing and we don't have, Number two or three behind him, like we're, we're on number four for our our quarterback. It's yeah, but do, you know who is going to be behind number five is number seven. That's Hankley Rapati, baby. <laughs> Hankley we Rapati. we can just keep handing it off to him. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's. <laughs> I love how much we love Hankley Rapati. I mean, honestly, he turned out. The, I'm gonna the be end real with you. He turned around my view on this season. Yeah, 
We went into that Boise State game just going like, this is crap. I don't want to be here. If Devin wasn't here, we probably wouldn't be here, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. But then for Hinkley to do what he did, it was like, never mind. At least I see a guy with a little bit of heart out here, right. and that's what I've been looking for. Um, that being said, let me let me get your prediction in this game. Dude, I don't even know because in my head, probably just subconsciously, I'm acting as if BYU's team is normal. You're like 34-31, BYU, walk like, up, like field I'm, goal. Like I'm thinking in my head that, oh, we have Jaron and everything's going to be normal. Yeah. We're, we're also, I mean, now I'm not even thinking defensively. We're not going to have Keenan in, in this game or probably Peyton. So, so the one thing I will say about um, our linebackers – Starting, we'll have who? Bywater. Pepe Tanavasa. Tanavasa. And I can't remember the name of the other guy that I saw. Morgan Piper. Oh, no. We were talking about for next year. Like, if you don't bring anybody in at linebacker, oh. it would be um, Tavita Gagnier, whatever it is. Mm. But tell me it's not Josh Wilson. Unfortunately, maybe he, he's we'll, my. Maybe I, we'll be lucky if we can get Josh and Micah playing in the same in the same game here. I don't. I don't know if I said this on the show. I might have, but <laughs> Josh Wilson was my prediction for uh, if we're gonna have a linebacker transfer over to running back, who would it be? And I just said strictly based off of like build, it's Josh Wilson for me. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like he's like six foot. Like two fifteen, maybe he's like two twenty now. I don't know, yeah. but he's not like a tall guy. He just looks he he can be what Matt Hadley was in like two thousand seventeen. Yeah, that's probably probably true. Anyway, hit me with your score. Ugh, now I have to. Th- I, I I basically have to think on the fly. Hey, let me tell you what my score is. That way, going it's going to give you some time to think. I fully believe, one hundred percent, that this is going to be a fifty six. To 17 game. SMU's so, going to kick so the crap out of BYU. Out. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't think their offense, it's not their defense that's going to stop us. It's our own offense that's going to stop us. I see yeah. this either being a 56 17 blowout game or like a 28 27 type of game. That BYU, kind of that like BYU wins, it's super ugly. They the reason they lose is because early in the early in the game they miss a, a PAT off of like a weirdly like snapped ball that like was kind of fumbled along the ground, you know that type of thing. Yeah, and then they have to go for two. Or wait, hold on, I'm missing something here. Oh no! It's they go for two at the end of the game instead of the missed PAT. It's going for two at the end of the game. You got a bowl game. You got nothing else to lose, and somehow BYU stops them. I, I like it's going to be either this like ugly like each team gets like twelve possessions, yeah, and there's not much scoring. I mean, and it could even be like a nineteen seventeen game where it's just like blah. <laughs> <laughs> that or like like I said, fifty six seventeen. 
which I think is the more likely thing that Tanner Mordecai just comes in, looks at BYU's defense, and just goes, ha ha, you don't even have the players you used to have here. I'm going to say SMU 44, BYU 70. I'll say 24. 44-24. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, Jake gets one last kick. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Finish off his career. He's gonna move. hit a walk. He's, yeah. he's he's gonna get a walk off. It's not gonna be a winner. But it'll be moved. at the end of the game. And then we moved to Cash Peterman, baby. <laughs> Forget oh, Justin man. Smith. We are Cash Peterman town. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, uh, so just going back to recruiting real quick. This kid, oh, what's his name? Isaac Perez. Maybe it's either Isaiah Perez or Isaac Perez. Mm-hmm. Kicker out of Lone Peak. He was hitting fifty-seven yard field goals at Lone Peak. He was on an official visit this weekend to BYU, and is offered by him. So maybe it'll be him. Well, we need somebody. I can tell you that much. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I saw the other two guys. If he makes a fifty-seven yarder, BYU, I'll love him. Yeah. But if he misses a PAT, I'll hate him. Yeah, <laughs> so. uh, such is the life of kickers. Yeah, quite honestly. Um, yeah this 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 game is gonna be weird. I don't know what else to say about that. It's we're going to the game just because it's close enough to go. Yeah, that's honestly and that's, the reason. That, we're that's going. another reason I love that it's in New Mexico. Not just because it basically sums up independence, but it's not like it's not like a go. nice destination. But it's just it's it's close enough. It's close enough. Yeah, like if, if like if they would have went to the Idaho Potato Bowl again, yeah, like would have gone. Yeah, I mean I would have loved that because it's closer. Yeah, but. I mean, you look at there's there's a bunch of different options as far as like there's there's a little circle radius, you know, of like where I I probably would have gone. Um, Southern California, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Idaho. Do they play a game in Laramie? I don't think so. <laughs> who would go? Yeah, the, honestly, the, <laughs> like who would go? Laramie in late December. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awful. Oh, by the way, I know we only have one hotel here, but all of you have to stay because, you know, I-80 shut down. Oh, yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. That would be so um, funny. I mean, even if, was, even if this was in Texas, it's probably not worth going to. No. But driving distance, baby. No. The only the only bowl game in Texas that would have been worth going to to me is if they would have played in the... Cotton Bowl. Well... <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> the what, what bowl? Um, it wasn't the was it the military bowl? Armed forces? Was it armed forces? It's the one that played at TCU. The armed forces bowl. It's armed forces Worth. bowl. Military bowl is played at Annapolis. I didn't know there was such a thing as the military bowl. Uh, maybe it's a different. It's a it's some sort of military bowl because it's played at Navy. Huh. Because yeah. Pitt played in it, I I went to it. I know TC uses is uh, the Armed Forces Bowl. Okay, because it's played in Fort Worth. But yeah, um, I don't know what else to say about this. Yeah, military bowl. Look at that. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Pitt played in it. New to me. Never heard of it. 
Quentin was I've, getting married and or I've heard of it and yeah, just Qu- ignore Quentin, it. Quentin was getting married the next day, and so my dad and I went to the game because <laughs> it was a college football game. Why not? I mean, it was Pitt. I mean, why not Pittsburgh? So, well, um, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Uh, don't know what we're going to talk. Oh, we'll talk about the SMU game next. Talk about week. the SMU game. Hopefully, there's a little more um, movement or talk. I mean, I'd love to have a quarterback. Well, here's the thing. Like, I I do I do fully believe that after this bowl game is when you'll start to see the mass exodus happen. Yeah. Um, as far as if people are going to leave, you know, um, I think that's when decisions decisions like you know when you hear about Wilgar, like is it NFL? Is it transferring um some of the i i don't i don't know there's many offensive players that are looking to leave i mean apparently teams want cody epps i don't know how much he has interest in leaving here's 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 the thing about teams will throw nil money at him i would i would actually feel somewhat betrayed if cody did that and that's just because byu showed a lot of faith and loyalty in him mm-hmm. when, I mean, it's just like, dude, nobody wanted you out of high school. Right. And BYU was just like, no, we got you. We see your talent. We got you. And then to have a decent season and all of a sudden he's just like, hey, I'm taking off. I'm going somewhere else. It'd be kind of like, I feel a little betrayed. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I'm thinking too much into it and this doesn't play a part in it, but I think also the fact that he's majoring in business and got into the Marriott School of Business could oh, play a part in it. helps. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's just put it this way. He's not majoring in communications or psychology. No no shot at your degree. but Sociology. Or buddy. sociology. Yeah. Uh, psych- they don't they don't major in psychology. That's a sociology. Look, that's, that is way too. That's, it's way psychology is way grade. too advanced. Yeah. That degree right there on the, uh-huh. on the wall. Yeah. Way too advanced. <laughs> I see that. It looks advanced. Yeah. But, it's yeah. Nice. So, th- maybe I'm reading into it, too, but the fact that he, like, was excited that he got accepted into the business school at BYU, maybe that means he's, like, yeah, he's he's actually looking at the school part, too, instead yep. of just fo- the football part. But, I mean, if there's going to be teams that are throwing at you, like, tens of thousands of dollars of NIL money, then... You can't blame them. I wouldn't blame them, but I don't think it will happen. Um yeah, and, and I mean other players. To I think offensive transfers. You have seen the offensive transfers like Dallin, Conover, Fall, Fall, Barrington. Yeah, those. I don't think you're going to see more. Yep. That the other side of the ball, you can see a ton. You might see a ton of people go to Northern Colorado because <laughs> it's like this is the only team that wants you now because this guy wanted you. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, this, I think Jeff put something on, on the discord about this. This is the most optimistic I've felt in a while for like defense and recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, we all know how, how Bronco recruited. He expected players to recruit them and Get it, on my horse. And it kind of worked out for him just because he was able to squeeze every ounce of talent out of anyone who wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mitchell Jurgens at any other school isn't doing anything, but the fact right. that he was willing to put in so much work, I mean, he turned out to be a, an okay receiver for us. Same with J.D. Falslev. 
Um, he was gifted Ziggy Anza. Yeah. Here's a here's a top five draft pick out of out of somewhere in Africa because he wanted to play basketball. <laughs> he wanted to play basketball, and you know like, you should play football. Yeah. And so you know there's 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 that, and then when Kalani came in, I think I think everyone kind of felt an uptick, and then all of a sudden it it kind of tanked, and it was just because you know Ty wasn't a great recruiter necessarily, like. I know uh, Tanner McKee, he was going to be going to BYU until Ty left, and then it was kind of like, I don't know. Like, it would have been kind of cool to learn from a Heisman Trophy winner and went to Stanford, and and what is it? Did he declare yet? Yeah, he's going to the draft. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I think he's one of those guys he'll, he'll get picked up in a late round. He's got the body type for the NFL. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, we just didn't really have the greatest recruiting, and then – Offensive recruiting really picked up when Grimes showed up. Mm-hmm. And our offensive recruiting has been great. It's just now our defensive recruiting, it's like this is the most hopeful I've felt that both sides of the ball are going to be taken care of in the next two to four years. Yeah. And and it's just like I I would love it if in this game, since you have nothing to lose, this is where I want to see that Isamoa, I want to see him play. I want to see if he can do something. Yeah, for sure. Like, what What are you going to do? Bodie Schoenover, 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 however you say his last name. Schoenover. Schoenover. Is that how you actually say it? I think so. Oh, I always thought it was sh sound. I, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, I mean, um, yeah, Bodie out of American Fork. Or Brody. Brody. It's Bodie. Bodie. Okay. Man, names are really getting to me. Yeah, you. Uh, well, I mean, it's, ever since you met and mentioned, you might be saying this wrong. Now I'm thinking I'm saying every name. Gotta. <laughs> but that was actually saying it right. Uh, but yeah, some guys like that are young, haven't played a lot. I'd love to see them play. Just to just to see what they have right now, and they can grow on top of it. But I, I smell as a parent. I mean, he was one. What did he tweet out? He he was. He tweeted out something basically like being motivated by Logan leaving. Yeah, I think, you know, and um, I like him a lot because he was a Utah legacy guy. Mm-hmm. Like his dad was Ben Moa, played at, played at Utah. And I would love for him to come to come to BYU and tear it up and, and really show these guys that like, oh, right there, he said, uh, we gonna be just fine, Cougar Nation. Coach Kalani is gonna take us in the right direction. We will all learn and grow from this. Go Cougs! Yeah, I think that was around the same time that, like, it was not long after Logan announced he was leaving. Oh, it was the same day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it wasn't I a mean, coincidence that that was tweeted out the same day. Right. Yeah, I think... And now that Logan's no longer a part of BYU, I hope Ice is way better than Logan ever will be. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> you know, I, I agree with that, like, in a sense. Um, I, I I want guys to find success wherever they go. Um, I just want them to be more successful at BYU than they than they are, you know? Like, like I want you to be successful. I don't want to take that right. away. It's just like, you never want to see a guy injured. But it hurts even more when the injuries against BYU. 
The yeah. same could be said about success. Like it just feels a little bit better when they do it in blue, <laughs> you know? Right. So, but like when ultimately in 2024, when BYU and Utah play again, if Logan Fano's on the field, I hope he doesn't make a single play. Well, it was just like when Francis Bernard went there. It was like, please yeah. don't. Although he got a pick six. Yeah, so. please don't take that touchdown. Okay, <laughs> great. Cool. That was fun. That was great. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks for doing that, bud. Um, but, yeah, uh, we hopefully we have more news next week. Um, otherwise, we'll talk about that SMU game and just call it a quit. Call it quits. I guess. Yeah. When do you leave for? for uh, we leave sometime next week. We can. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of days we can leave at. Okay. I'm just pinned at a point the day. Gotcha. But we'll be recording as long next as, week. I mean, as long as you're around on, on Monday to record. Yeah, we'll so. be recording next week. So Cool. I mean, we could have an independence topic. We had a few independence topics that we had thrown around that we could talk about. So maybe we cover the game and then move on to something like that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Because independence will officially be over. Unless unless that transfer stuff booms. Right. Like if, if it, we get a quarterback, if a running back. If it booms like crazy. Like if, yeah, if we get a quarterback – I can tell you right now, that's all we're going to talk about. I'll I'll dive into his stats. I'll I'll start watching some some highlights of him. Right. So. Well, uh, I think that's it. I think that's everything. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, as always, Uncle Carrie, Dad. You guys are the real MVPs of of our show here. <laughs> um. Oh, and Devin. And Devin. Yeah. And Devin. Yeah. Can't forget Devin as he listens to to this wall I think he gets ready in the morning and so he turns this on oh that's nice yeah um but thanks for tuning in and we will catch you guys next week see ya